Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so it's now SHOT Show. SHOT Show starts this week. That's right. On the, man, it's it's Martin Luther King's birthday and SHOT Show. I love that. Nothing about talking about freedom and civil rights. That's right. Having your access to firearms. The Second Amendment will protect all of our constitutional rights. With the second, you can protect the first, the third, the fourth, all of your constitutional rights. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Cargill versus the Department of Justice. The Cargill versus the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms lawsuit. We're talking about if you're a Democrat, if you're a Libertarian, if you're a Republican, you should be in support of the Cargill versus the Department of Justice and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms lawsuit. You know why? Because this is not necessarily about guns. This is about government overreach. It's about, you know, an agency within our federal government creating or writing law, and they can't do that. That is something that's reserved for Congress. That's right. You know how a bill becomes law. You know, someone writes a bill, and then that bill, it goes to committee. It goes to committee. They vote on it, and then it comes out of committee. It goes to the House floor, the Senate floor. It goes to their, the Senate's respective committee, and then it goes back to the Senate floor, and then it's voted on in both the houses, and then it goes to the president who signs it, and then it becomes law. That's how it happens, not because a agency within our federal government decides to just create or change law because the wind blew to the left or the wind blew to the right. That's now how things are done. And so, you know, the Cargill case is the most important case in our lifetime. This case says that that just that an agency cannot create law. So that means I don't care if it's the EPA. I don't care if it's OSHA. I don't care if it's CDC. If CDC comes out and says they're going to make, you know, uh, shots 
you know, mandatory or mask mandatory. They can't do that because they don't have that authority. That's something that's reserved for Congress. You know, if, you know, the, let's see, uh, OSHA comes out and says, you know what? We're going to ban high heel shoes. If, you know what? High heels, they're bad for your back. We think, you know, they're bad in the workplace. So we're going to ban high heel shoes. If you have any high heel shoes, you're going to have to surrender them to the government. You're going to have to uh, turn them all in. And if you own any, we're going to turn your felon overnight. That's what we're talking about. OSHA does not have that authority to do that. They can't do that. So you can't turn felons overnight. Something that we legally purchase, we own. It's in our house. And all of a sudden, they go into your home and, and pick a particular product. It doesn't matter what agency. It doesn't have to be about guns. It could be any product. And they ban that product and turn you into a felon overnight. That's what we're talking about. You can't do that. You don't have that authority. And that's what this case is all about. It also defined what a machine gun is. You know what? A semi-automatic, this is, you know, I know it's hard for some people to understand. They use the word assault weapon. If you go through this bill, it doesn't mention assault weapons. It's not even anywhere in the ruling by the Fifth Circuit. You know why? Because that term does not exist. It only used the term of machine gun and semi-automatic. Those are the terms that are used in this ruling. Because a machine gun means each time you pull the trigger, I'm sorry, each time you pull the trigger, there's multiple rounds. That's a machine gun or a three-round burst. It shoots more than one round. That's going to be a machine gun. A semi-automatic means each pull of the trigger, one round. That's semi-automatic. Each pull of the trigger, only one round fires. That is semi-automatic. So you have semi-automatic handguns. You have semi-automatic pistols, semi-automatic rifles. Those are semi-automatic. Each pull of the trigger, one round. Each pull of the trigger, one round. For those people that are hard to understand, you know, hard of hearing. A machine gun, you pull the trigger, hold the trigger, it shoots multiple rounds or more than one round. That is a machine gun. And a machine gun, you have to go to the National Firearms Act, the NFA process, in order to be in possession of a machine gun. You have to purchase that machine gun. That machine gun sits in the gun store. You have to pay a $200 tax. You have to fill out some paper, get a trust or do it as an individual, uh, put that paper together along with that $200 tax and that trust or as an individual Turn that paperwork into the ATF. Once they approve you in about 90 days to a year, then you can walk back into the gun store and pick it up. We're going to hold on to that into the gun store. That machine gun is going to stay in the gun store, and we're going to let you come over every now and then, do a conjugal visit in a little private room, and, and touch your precious, my precious. Come on, man. My precious. That's right. And But you can't take it home until you get the approval from the federal government, and then that machine gun is registered with the federal government. And that's how machine guns work. You can't walk into a gun, gun store and actually just walk home with a machine gun. It doesn't happen that way. I know. I know. Someone told you that was true. It, you know, I, I get it. You can... You can buy that machine gun online, but guess what? That machine gun's got to ship to a gun store. It stays in the gun store until you fill out all the paperwork, and then in a not 
90 days to a year, you can take it home once you get the approval and it's registered with the federal government in West Virginia. It's got to be registered. Those items are registered. Machine guns, suppressors, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns, AOWs, any other weapons. Those are registered with the federal government. And that's how it works. Also, the Cargill takes, case talks about litany. It talks about, you know what? When something is ambiguous, when it seems like, you know, um, it can go either way, guess what? We have to side with the citizen. Then when, when we have doubts about it, it needs to go to the, the tie goes to the citizen. That goes to me, Michael Cargill. And that's what this case is all about. You can't regulate because you're not a government. You're not, you're not Congress. You cannot create law. It gives a definition of what a machine gun is. It talks about litany. It talks, well, you know what? We're going to go to the SHOT Show. We're going to the SHOT Show this week, and we're going to merge with Gun Owners of America. We're going to talk with the NRA. We're going to talk with, you know, the people that actually made and sell um, just every firearm in this nation, and we're going to merge together, and we're going to be a united front. You know why? Because the Cargill case is the Bible, is the law of the land. It is the case that sets precedence of how we're going to fight the ATF and stop them in their tracks. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about standing together with all organizations against what's happening right now with the ATF. You know, they came out on Friday with the brace saying that, hey, if you have a brace on your rifle, you're going to have to get an attack stamp. 
Got to get it registered. They're going to turn millions of Americans into felons overnight. What if you didn't hear about it? What if you don't know about this? You don't, you're not keeping it to the no. You're off the grid. You're not on social media. And all of a sudden, you get stopped by police or in an interaction and you have a brace on it. You are a felon and you never, you didn't even know. That is insane. Crazy. I mean, how can, how can, how can you do that? You know, that's not the American way. Mm, it is now. No. This is the new America, Michael. No, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, Billy says, I used to say that I don't care about bump stocks BS until Michael educated me on the on the need to fight for all gun rights, not just the ones that directly affect me. And that's right. You know, when it comes to, you know, a lot of people, we're talking about that during the break. A lot of people are talking about, you know, back then, I can go, you pull up some news stories. You can pull up some news stories where the NRA said, hey, you know, they were in lockstep with, uh, at the time, uh, President Trump in banning bump stocks. And I was like, no. Because if you if you do this in the route that you're doing this, you know, then it's going to create precedence for them to, to do whatever, anything else. Right. They and want. they got sucked into it. They got tricked by the ATF. ATF says, hey, Mr. President, let us do it. Let's do it in the way that we want to do it. So that way, guess what? They're playing the long game. They're playing chess while you every, all the other idiots are playing checkers. You know, ATF says, let's play chess. Hey, Mr. Hey, Mr. President. Hey, NRA. You guys want to give up your bump stock? Give up your bump stock, and then what will happen is, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll just take those away. Once he moves out of office, guess what? Next. And did you know every bump stock that was sold came with a copy of the letter from the ATF? Preach. When the bump stock makers actually sent the ATF a sample. Preach. The ATF sent them a letter back saying, Preach. no, this is not a machine gun. This does not classify as a machine gun. Because it's only one shot per trigger pull, so this is a totally legal item. That's right. They send you a copy of that letter with every bump stock that they sold. That's right. And explain to the American people why it was actually legal. And it was actually bump stocks. We actually got those under President Obama, under that administration. So just think about that. Let all that stuff soak in. Yes, we can. I don't care what – I don't care <laughs> – What's behind your name if you're the president of the United States? I don't care if it's a D, it's an R, it's an L, it's a G. I don't care. I am, I have tunnel vision. My vision is the Second Amendment. You know why? Because if I have the Second Amendment, I can protect all of my constitutional rights. All of them. The one, the three, the fourth, all of them. The fifth, all of my constitutional rights, as long as I have the second. And that's why it's Martin Luther King's birthday. It's all about civil rights for me. It's all about educating you because you have the right to protect yourself. Civil rights, this is what it's all about this weekend. But did you know that MLK's uh, application for a concealed carry permit in Montgomery, Alabama was, was denied, denied by the local sheriff's office? Denied. And guess what happened this year? As of January the 1st, Alabama has constitutional carry. Oh, yeah, they deemed him unsuitable. Unsuitable, unfit to be able to carry a gun. Yeah. With all the threats, and guess what? He died not being able to legally protect himself. Mm -hmm. mm, sad situation. Just sad. But you know what? We're going to take this fight. We're going to rally the Second Amendment community. We're going to the SHOT Show this week. We're going to talk to everyone. We're going to convince everyone. We need to stand shoulder to shoulder. This isn't about you know whose stuff is bigger than someone else's. This isn't about putting your stuff on the table and measuring it. This is about standing shoulder to shoulder. I don't care if you're the GOA. I don't care if you're the NRA. 
I don't care what organization you're with. We need to stand shoulder to shoulder and show that we have a unified front against this tyranny that's happening in Washington, D.C. Uh, we got to stand together. That's what it's all about. It's about the American people and not about our individual egos. You know, unfortunately, with this case, the cargo case, I had to do this case by myself with no assistance from anyone. But I'm, I'm saying we're now taking the next step. We're going to the Supreme Court. Let's stand shoulder to shoulder. You know, let's help each other. Let's move forward as a united front against the tyranny that's happened in Washington, D.C. And stop them in their tracks. We got to protect our, our, the braces. We got to protect the triggers. We got to protect AR pistols. Uh, AR-15s, that, you know, that's AR for me. I mean, it means armor light rifle. But honestly, to me, it means an American rifle. That's what it means for me. You know, it, it, it has a new meaning because that's the rifle of, you know, just about every American in the United States. It's our, we were founded on guns. We're defending this country. Do you know that no one would ever think about overtaking this country, hitting our shores, because they know that there are multiple guns in every single home. That's what it's about for me. It's about not needing law enforcement to come and help me, you know, to come and save me in case something is happening. It's about having those tools and the training and the knowledge that I can protect my family and protect myself without law enforcement's assistance. I don't need law enforcement. I just need the coroner. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when seconds count, the police are only eight minutes away. <laughs> A long time. I don't have time to wait for that. All right, so let's see. Thomas says, um, let's see, any idea on what Texas suppressor court cases are? Like, that case is moving its way up, unfortunately. So what Thomas is talking about, Texas has a um, – a suppressor bill that passed in September the 1st, 2021, it went into effect, I should say. And that means that if you have a suppressor that is made and owned in Texas, you own it, it's made in Texas, it's stamped, made in Texas, you should not have to go to the NFA, NFA process and get a tax stamp in order to, to take possession of it like a machine gun. Unfortunately, the ATF came back and said, we are aware that the state of Texas has passed a suppressor bill. Unfortunately... Suppressors fall under the NFA Act, and so therefore you have to get a tax stamp and go through the process and pay the tax, the $200, the application, and get it registered with the NFA. And even if you own the parts and the pieces, you are committing a felony by owning the parts and the pieces. So the state of Texas has filed a lawsuit against the government, the ATF, and so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and when they did that, they actually... Uh, so there's a Form 4, which is where you buy a suppressor from a company, and there's a Form 1 where you make your own suppressor and you send them the Form 1, and then you register it that way. And during uh, this time, they actually did mass denials of Form 1s. Mm. They would not approve any Form 1s at all. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know what? We do have, you know, we we're this this fight that we're that we're doing. Um, it's a hard fight. We're having to travel around. Um, we're having to um, go to different. We're we're gonna travel around the United States. We gotta travel back and forth to D.C. Uh, we're going to travel to quite a few places and talk with a lot of different people. And we need to drum up support and get everyone on board with helping us with this case as it goes to the Supreme Court. We're talking about the Cargill versus Department of Justice and alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. It's got to make its way to the Supreme Court. 
in order for it to affect the entire United States. Because here are how this case works, if you don't know. So we won this case in the Fifth Circuit. So that means that in Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, um, your bump stocks, everything that, the, that set precedence in that ruling, uh, which saying that a federal agency can't create law, only affects Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. The government has got to appeal this case to the Supreme Court and ask for a stay. They ask for a stay, appeal it to the Supreme Court. We freeze. We can't do anything. They have until the end of February to do this, um, like March 1st or something to that effect. And so the Supreme Court takes up the case. Then we have to wait until they hear the case, have a trial, and then wait for their verdict. And then that becomes the law of the land for all 50 states. If for some reason the Supreme Court didn't refuse to hear the case and send, sends it back, that means that what the ruling uh, is in the Fifth Circuit will stand only for Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. You know, but we know this case is, I'm pretty confident, 99% sure, that it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And we're going to see how the Supreme Court rules on this case. We're talking about setting precedents. We're talking about making change. We're talking about standing together with a united front. I'm calling out gun owners of America. I'm asking for your help. I need your assistance. I'm calling out to the NRA, the National Rifle Association. I need your help. I need your assistance. 911. Michael Cargill is asking for your help. My phone lines are open. You know how to reach me. GOA, please call me. NRA, please call me. Um, I'm asking for every gun, gun association in the United States. Please call me. It's very easy to reach Michael Cargill. Just call Central Texas Gunworks. Call me up, ask to speak for me, and I will talk with you. Please call me. Now is the time for us to reach, to stand together with the united front. And we got to fight this case because, you know, I understand, you know, let's set things, let's set history aside. I understand how some people thought that, you know, bump stocks weren't important, you know, but it, it, it honestly wasn't that important to me. But it was important to the fact of what was happening because I thought it was a travesty that an agency can walk into your house and actually confiscate something, destroy it, and actually ban it. And that is something that I could not stand for. And that's why I stood up and I fought. I've been doing this for 20 years and educating people and talking to uh, students at different college campuses around the country, around the state. Um, I enjoy what I do, and we need your help. We do have a Give, Send, Go page, a Give, Send, Go page. We come back from the break. We're going to give you that link because it takes money to do this fight because we have multiple cases, not just the one case. We have four cases that we have that are moving forward, and we need your help. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hi, this is Stephen Wolfer, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, man, we're talking about the gun news all around the country. Um, I do want to put out our, our page there that we're trying to raise funds on. That's the Give, Sin, Go backslash Cargill. That's Give, Sin, Go 
facebook.com backslash C-A-R-G-I-L-L. Go to that link there and donate because we have got to bring this. I got to force everyone together. I got to force all these different uh, groups together and we, we got to push this case to the Supreme Court and, and so we can continue to make precedents and let the Bible speaks for itself and stand up and, and fight everything that the ATF is trying to do. And they know that it's coming because they change gears a little bit. So they release the brace, you know, how they're going to go about going after the braces. They released that on Friday a week later. And they just pulled a lot of information out and changed some things a little bit. So they know that we're coming for them. We're coming. Um, so we're going we're gonna to need some help in order to, you know, to do this fight. Going to need you because we're, uh, we're working with three different law firms around the country. Um, we have multiple cases that are going around. Uh, so we have the bump stock case. We also have the case where we're suing the state of New York. A lot of people don't know about that. I'm actually in a lawsuit against the state of New York. That's Central Texas Gunworks. It is National Shooting Sports Foundation. It is Glock. It's Smith & Wesson, Davison's, and it's several other manufacturers and distributors that I can't remember right now. Uh, we are suing the state of New York uh, because the state of New York says that if I sell a gun, uh, whether it's a Glock, a Smith & Wesson, you know, here in Texas to someone, and that gun ends up stolen from that person, that gun ends up in New York and used in the crime, they can come back and sue the manufacturer and the gun store. And so we're, we're you know, I'm tired of being on the, the, uh, the offense. You know, I want to, you know, I'm sorry. I'm tired of being, being on the defense. You know, I want to be on the offense when it comes to this stuff. I don't be on the defense all the time. You know, oh my goodness, here comes a shot. Shields up, red alert. You know, it's time to start firing back, firing shots at them, keeping them on the run. And so that's what we're doing. We're playing chess. We're playing the loan game here. We're not playing checkers. So we filed a lawsuit against the state of New York to go after them for what they're doing. Uh, we're not waiting until, you know, they bring criminal charges against us or civil charges against us. We're suing them first, and we're going to get this shut down. Uh, we're also going after the uh, DOJ and the Aqual Tobacco and Firearms because they say, hey, you know what? Gun stores, if you make, you know, these little small paperwork errors— you know, we're, we're not talking about errors where a prohibited person gets a gun. We're not talking about that. That's criminal. If a prohibited, prohibited person gets a gun, you know, I'm committing, committing a crime. We're not talking about those. We're talking simple paperwork errors where if, you know, someone walks into the gun store, they fill out that, you know, that little box that says county. Instead of them putting in the county, they're putting in the country and you do 10, 15, 20 of those. But, you know, mind you, you actually did, you know. 5,000 transactions, but you only made like five mistakes of those, they will shut you down. Oops. We're talking gun stores that are being off, been, been you know, together for, for quite a long time. You know, so, no, so we're fighting against that. We filed a lawsuit against the federal government, the ATF, the Department of Justice, to, you know, stop that. And that is Michael Cargill versus DOJ and ATF again. We also um, are working on a couple other different lawsuits. I can't mention in detail just now, I'm waiting on I am these I'm working with other people, so I'm waiting for them to come on board and then I can tell you about those. But we're working on several different lawsuits. We're trying to, you know, shut things down and 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 we gotta protect we, we gotta be on the forefront with this. We we've got to keep them on the run and not, you know, worry about them. You know, what do you guys say about all this stuff? It's a lot of information, a lot of stuff we're working on here.
It's a lot. It is a lot. And it's, uh, you know, going to mean a lot to gun owners. And, I, and I'm reaching out to, you know, people like Dana Loesch. I'm reaching out. I want to, you know, talk to Glenn Beck. You know, I want to talk to I want to talk to everyone, every media outlet that I can get my hands on. I can reach out to. I want to talk to them all because everyone needs to know, you know, that, hey, this is something that we're passionate about. And I'm going I'm not going to you know, I don't care. I don't care if it's MSNBC. I don't care if it's CNN. I don't care if you're anti-gun. <laughs> I have yeah, a right. I have a strong stance when it comes to the second. They're not going to talk to you. I have a, yeah, yeah, because I have a strong stance when it comes to the Second Amendment. I cannot be shaken. I cannot be stirred. I cannot be broken. You know, and you know, I was I was going to fly to to Las Vegas. Instead, I'm going to drive. You know, I want to control. I need to control the traffic. You're going to drive. Yeah, we're going to drive. We're going to we're going to because I need to know when I'm stopping, where I'm going, the route I'm taking. I need to. Yeah, because I don't want someone. I don't want someone to take me down. So. Oh wow. We got to go on. It, everything's got to be on the offensive. When it Ooh, comes to that, you're going to be the bell of the ball at Shot Show. You know that. Right? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know. They're going to roll out the red carpet for you. Everybody's gonna be trying to like grab your arm, pull pull you over to their booth, interview you. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, we we gotta we we gotta get together. We gotta work together because this is too important right now. We we have them we have them on the run. They're on the run right now. They're shaking. Well, they're still be- because you know, Congress putting out this brace ruling and-, and and Congress can't come together to vote on a Speaker of the House. It's not likely that Congress can vote on a gun bill. Come on, man, <laughs> pass it. There's no way, you know. How long? How many? How many votes for a Speaker of the House? They already. Uh, they had appointed fi- Kevin McCarthy, didn't they? They had 15. Yeah, it took them 15 times to get a Speaker. It took them 15 votes. Because that Freedom Team. Uh, There's no was... 15 votes to pass a bill. You get three tries. That first, first, first hearing, second hearing, third, and you're done. Yeah, because you wouldn't make mouth. promises to you know not go forward with certain. The terrible legislation. Yeah. So you don't get 15 tries when it comes to passing the bill. So that the likelihood of them passing the anti-gun bill in the next two years is not likely. So thus, the, the it's hot right now. And this is the time. Well, look, they don't expect you to go on the offensive. They expect you to just go with what they what they deal out for for them to expand their power and for that power to become doctrine. But when you come in like a bull in a china shop and you're saying no you're not you're not going to take this and you're fighting back they don't expect that and so you're actually uh you're taking the fight back you're taking the power back to the people here mike yeah they're just expecting people to maybe file a takings claim or something like that that they would just have to pay a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars to and then they'll shut up and they'll go on their way and they'll give up whatever item that they asked for Right, and there's some there's some cases out there that have that filed a taking clause, a taking case. Yeah, RW Arms, right? But that's for like twenty million dollars, right? Now. And so I, I'm not trying to recover funds here, you know. So we're spending trying to money. recover rights. We're, that's right. We're spending money to protect rights. We're not trying to. We're not recovering any money. So if we win this case, there's nothing that the government's going to pay us. We're not going to recover attorney fees. We're not going to recover any, you know, wait any. Uh, money spent, nothing whatsoever. This is about getting your rights back, getting all of our rights back. And it's not about my rights. It's about all of our rights. It's not about just Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. I'm trying for all 50 states. When you talk about history, we talk about guns. I want to make sure that Michael Cargill's tattooed on your tongue. <laughs> or at least 
added to the Wikipedia page, right? <laughs> At least maybe. You know, can you hook a brother up? My goodness. <laughs> can I but get, yeah, can all I get you a gave Wikipedia up, page? All you gave up to get this lawsuit rolling was one bump stock, right? That's so not, for a takings claim, two or it's three, like $200. I, I, it was so $400, three, $500. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, so we, it's yeah, the right that you're after. That's right, and so it's, yeah, we're not recovering. We're not going to recover any funds whatsoever from this lawsuit, you know. So that's why we're asking people to, you know, to go to the givesendgo.com uh, backslash Cargill, you know, and which we're posting on the screen there. Go to that page um, and help us out a little bit because we have so much that we're trying to do. Um, I'm trying to, you know, reach out to so many different groups and organizations and see if we can get some assistance, some help here. Because uh, so far, we're not getting anything, and we're trying to get some help because we're winning. I don't know what everyone else is doing, but we're winning. So come on. Come on. Let's join the fight. Let's get together. It's like you said, Mike. We're investing in our future. We're investing in our rights here. And um, and we have to do that because if if you don't, they're just going to keep taking them away. They're just going to keep assuming power. Uh, so, you know, this is this is a worthwhile investment right here. That's right. And uh, you know what? I also want to get to other news, too. I want to talk about Houston, that Takaria. You know, man, that was a crazy shooting. You know, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break because I want to show that video. I want you to see that. I want to break that down. I want to talk about what I think is going to happen from this case um, because this young man, is he better lawyer up because if he speaks to law enforcement, they're going to get you. They're going to trap him up, and then he will go to jail and charges will be filed. But if he's smart and he'd lawyer up, have an attorney speak for him, the, there, he's less likely to be charged with anything, and he'll get away. So that's very important. That is key. When you, Yes, you have a right to all everything that we're talking about, and we're fighting for those rights. But once you use that gun, you might want to have an attorney speak for you because you have a right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. And once, once you exercise that right, you now need an attorney to protect you once you protected yourself. So we come back. We're going to talk about that Houston Takaria, that shooting that everyone's talking about around the country. I also want to go down to uh, I want to go to New York and talk about the New Year's Eve uh, machete because we didn't talk about that. I want to talk about the California micro stamp. What in the world's all that about? I want to talk about crime guns. Well, they're talking about crime guns. We didn't, you know, we didn't talk about the FBI stats and their gun crimes that are flawed. We didn't talk about that uh, last time, so we're gonna get caught up a little bit. Uh, this woman shoots an attempted home invader. We're gonna discuss that and break that down. We're gonna jump over to New Jersey. I'm gonna travel all around the 50 states here. We're gonna go over to California. Yeah, they always have some going on over there. We're gonna go back east and go to Rhode Island, go up north there. And come back to the central part of the United States, go to Iowa, and then what in the world is a butt master? What is a butt master? <laughs> How am I supposed to know that, Michael? Gun designer, single shot butt master, gag gun lands. Can uh, I don't know what that's all about. And then we're gonna go to Mississippi. Talk about Mississippi. Uh, go to Indiana, back in New York City, uh, back to Texas. Talk about Alabama. Uh, yeah. We're gonna, we got a, quite a bit of stuff we're going to discuss and break down. But the next time we come back from the break, I want to talk about Houston, Texas, boy. Houston, Texas. Mm-mm-mm. We're going to talk about that and break this video down. Talk about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And was it excessive force? Was it justified? Could it be what you say to the police when, they're when they question you? 
We'll talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about Houston, Texas. Let's go down to Houston, that taqueria. Uh, when the customer inside the restaurant there, Mexican restaurant, decided to defend himself and recover the stolen money from the customers inside the restaurant. Now, take a look at this video here. And so they're sitting in the restaurant. This guy is causing havoc. You know, he decides to go to the restaurant, and apparently... Well, no one knew this. It was a fake gun. But as far as, you know, you're caught up in the moment, moment it, was a, it was a gun to you. And he decides to rob everyone in the restaurant. And so one guy decided, you know what? Now's the opportunity. Now's the chance. I'm going to draw my concealed handgun, wait for this guy to walk by, shoot him in the back, take him out, stop him, and then recover the money that he took from all the customers, give it back to them, and then he left. Now, let's talk about this case. All right, so in Texas, there is a statue in Texas that talks about if that if someone takes you from me, something from you, they rob you, uh, whether it's robbery or aggravated robbery, you can actually, you know, use force, a deadly force to, you know, to stop them to recover your property immediately after in fresh pursuit. Immediately after in fresh pursuit, which means that he's justified in shooting this person in the back while he's walking away because he had taken, taken all the money from the customers inside the restaurant. So he's justified in shooting them in the back. Now, some people are saying, you know, what about those last two shots? Ooh, I cringed when I saw that. You know, the first, first three shots, good, I'm good to go. You know, but the, you know, the last two, 
man, I kind of cringed. But guess what? He listened and he lawyered up. So he actually contacted an attorney. And he had, he had his attorney reach out. Now, mind you, he fired those last two shots. When you see that, it looks, I cringed. And then he left the scene. That's also a problem. So, but so when you, you know, when you're faced with a traumatic situation, what do you do? You know, you call a counselor, get some help because you're, you're going through PTSD, post-traumatic stress, and you get an attorney who's also a counselor to speak for you. And that's how you handle the situation. So attorney came out and attorney said that, um, uh, the, the, so the robbery suspect came into the store and he was wearing a, a mask and gloves. Uh, HPD Lieutenant R. Wilkins said this. He had a plastic pistol, possibly an arrow soft or possible a little BB pistol. The shooter was not arrested or charged. Uh, once APD completes their investigation, the case will pr uh, be presented to a grand jury, uh, which is how it happens in Texas. It's got to go to a grand jury and the grand jury will decide whether or not to charge this guy. And so... Um, his attorney came out and said, look, you know, my client is in shock. Uh, my client is very uh, uh, broken up by, you know, the turn of events here. Um, and the fact that he actually shot someone, killed this person and took their life, uh, that affected him. And so he immediately went into shock. And that's why he left the scene, because he was in shock. And so, you know, he gave a great explanation. And I, I said this last time, I've said this before, that um, your brain is going one speed and then your body is also going another speed. So I can see where, you know, an attorney can, you know, can actually explain this and lay this out on how he reacted the way he reacted and how he, you know, maybe he won't be charged with anything. If he is charged, I think he'll, he may possibly get off because the way his attorney is explaining this. And so we'll see. Right now, his life is in the hands of a grand jury. So we'll see how the DA presents this case to the grand jury and then see how the grand jury decides to either indict this guy or no-bill this guy. If they no-bill him, then there are no charges. If they indict him, then there's going to be a trial. And then we'll go from there. So we'll see what happens. You know? And it's important that he lowered it up. You know? um, and I'm very glad. And his attorney said, and I quote, the event has been very traumatic. Taking a human life is something um, that he does not take lightly and will burden him for the rest of his life. For that reason, he wishes to remain anonymous. Due to the overwhelming coverage, we ask that the media and the public respect his privacy. And so I think that's a great explanation uh, of what his attorney uh, laid out. And so his attorney also said in you know, that his client was in fear of his life and his friend's life. And the client acted to protect everyone in the restaurant. And in Texas, a shooting is justified in self-defense, defense of others, and in defense of property. And so I, I, I think this guy's going to be okay. His attorney is on the right track. And so we'll see how it all plays out. You know, but this, you know, like I said, you know, his life is in the hands of a grand jury. So a grand jury can go either way. And it all depends on how the DA decides to present this case. Because a DA can, you know, indict in, in a ham sandwich. So we'll see, you know, if the DA wants this guy or not wants this guy. So we'll see how it all plays out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you were talking about those last two shots, right? Yeah, I cringed. I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> like, just stop oh. the threat, and then you got to stop, right? I cringed. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. So describe that to listeners. Right. I, I just cringed when I saw that. You know, first five sh- you know, first few shots, I was, you know, hey, justified, justified. The guy dropped. He's on the ground. And then he walked up, and it's like, pop, pop. Like, How long? Ooh. How long between? There was a pause. There was like a pause there. 10 seconds? Yeah, I don't know. There was, yeah, there was a little pause there, and I was like, oh, I cringed. So... If you were to do that, you would have left those last two shots out, right? Yourself. I, ho- I hope I would. Yeah. You know, I can't say that because I don't know. I don't, I don't have his same state of mind. You know? you know, was he really in shock? You know, what do you think? I mean, I think that it's a lot. Who are um, you? I'm Alex Stranger. What up, Alex Stranger? Oh, that- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, go ahead. No, Michael, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I think that it's a lot easier to. Um, make a rational decision about a traumatic event when you're talking on a microphone, um, observing the events from a computer screen than actually oh, yeah. being there. So when you're in that situation, you know, you had a guy that was robbing people and he wasn't even holding the gun correctly. Like he was holding the gun super erratically also when he was going into the store. And generally speaking, when people do stuff like that, they're more they're more likely to probably just pull the trigger and shoot somebody or shoot a kid or do or do God knows what when you're when you're in a situation like that. So um, when you like neutralize somebody, you know, you want to make sure that that person doesn't try anything funny, um, at the last second when you don't expect anything. And so, you know, you're in a situation like that and, um, okay, it looks bad optically, but when you're worried about your safety and when you're worried about the safety of everybody else in the restaurant, what if he had just left him there and that guy was still okay and, and started firing shots, you know, that, that could have also been a huge problem. Yeah, everybody with a gun pointed at them in the cafe probably had their heart beating about 200 beats a minute, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, man. and I mean, it's not like this guy was like a Rhodes Scholar that was going to do anything like good or positive for society. I mean, you know, if you really want to like, <laughs> if you really want to talk about it, right, like, um, this guy probably saved more lives in neutralizing that shooter than he would have had nothing happened. In the future for this guy, maybe doing that same thing again. yeah. Or- or, or what if he, um, you know, were to like sexually assault a bunch of a bunch of women or something like that? Or what if you were to like kill a pregnant woman? Or what if you were to do a whole bunch of stuff? Like, what if you would have killed like a single mom trying to raise a kid? You know, like, I, I, I feel as though um, anybody could have precedence to do anything. Like you said earlier, the DA could indict a ham sandwich, but I, I mean, you have to be a soulless monster to indict somebody like that. Like, you have to be a horrible human being um, to even think it's okay to indict someone that that was literally put his life on the line and um, put his freedom on the line to protect a bunch of people that he doesn't even know. I mean, if you're going to indict someone like that, you are a horrible human being. And I think that that type of stuff, like we're, I think we're, we're, we're at the point where, you know, it's okay to call out bad people. And if you, and if you're doing stuff like that and you think it's okay to in, indict somebody that's protecting his community, especially when you have um, district attorneys all over the country that are funded, um, by very suspicious people who are deliberately not prosecuting violent crimes. A man named George. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he who shall not be named because we're, we're we're trying to not go into any Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not trying to go into any any anything that could be construed, construed as a, a conspiracy or whatever. I got it's like, like stri- ninety two. I, I got strict that. instructions from Gary to to lay no off conspiracy. Them. Yeah, yeah. That was but, me. But, I started no, no. that. Okay. I, I, either way, though, you know, you do have district attorneys that are. Um, you have an epidemic of district attorneys throughout this entire country that are not prosecuting violent crime and they are leaving people like him to have to defend themselves. My name and is Jose Garza and I'm humbled to be your district attorney. 
Yeah, they're openly <laughs> saying that they're not going to prosecute all yeah. these crimes. It, it, no, exactly. And to top that off, um, they're not exactly making local law. They're not exactly helping local law enforcement do their jobs either. So you know, you have a you have district attorneys that aren't prosecuting violent crimes. You have local law enforcement that are completely demoralized. And so it's it's a breeding ground for this type of behavior. And the only way to stop this type of behavior is if, if you're seeing like consequences to that action. Um, and then for the DA to in turn indict the person for defending himself and everybody else when you're deliberately making it impossible for um for the people in charge of protecting you to do their job. Yeah, he, like if the DA indicts this person, he's a horrible human being. And he, you know, people like that should be made very well aware of that. Yeah, it's like the justice system has been completely flipped, where that probably, in reality, could happen, where this guy could get indicted, and there are all these criminals committing criminal acts who are not getting indicted. Exactly. What do you think? Well, look, I mean, <clears throat> the last two shots, that was like execution style. Like, that was really, really rough. But, I mean, you look at the laws in Texas. You have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to use self-defense in that situation, in that scenario. So, what should happen? He should be let go. Yeah. All right, we come back for the break. I'm going to let you finish that thought. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, man, we're talking about you know, Young Americans for Liberty. I'm excited because I'm going to talk to them oh, yeah. this week. You know, I got to get back to... You know, get back to my college campuses. I want to get back. I was saying this during the break. I want to talk to my college Republicans. I want to talk to young American, uh, young conservatives of Texas. I want to talk to. I'm going to go to Texas Tech University. I need to get back to University of Texas. I need to get back to Texas A&M and talk to all the student groups and go there multiple times. We need to get back to teaching gun law classes. You know, on these college campuses, on the campuses, uh, because you know why these. These young minds, we got to mold them to where they graduate and become attorneys. They become uh, clerks. They become judges. They become become you know aides working for state reps and state senators and U.S. congressmen and U.S. senators and become clerks that work for in, in the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, just everywhere around the country, every branch of government, and that's how we're gonna make this change happen. You know, I'm really excited. I want to talk. I need to get back to that. I haven't done that in, in you know, since, you know, since 2020, COVID. And now, now we need to get back to that. And that's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to get around. We're trying to build this momentum. We're trying to build warriors. I need warriors, the young minds, you know, to stand up and stand with us and fight uh, with this case and move it forward. Because we need, we need to work the social media. We got to work, you know, everything. It takes an entire force to move forward, to move the minds of this country, you know, to fight for all of our rights. And that's where it's going to start with Young Americans for Liberty. I like that. Yeah, we got to get the young people out. We got to make sure they're trained up, they're educated. We got to turn all those people, like you said, into law-abiding, gun-owning, uh, firearm-carrying citizens all around this country, preferably in Texas. 
That's right. It's always the same people that commit the same crimes over and over again anyway. They're repeat offenders. You know, the you know, because when you look at the stats and the numbers, uh, convictions are not really that high. You know, when you look at any particular conviction, you know, but the jump from year to year, that's a whole nother story. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, unlawfully carrying a weapon, you know, convictions increased in Texas in one year over 500 percent. You know, that's sad, but we can fix that. We can come back from that because we can get back to education and get back to, you know, Getting people to come to class and learn the law. You don't have to get a license. You don't have to get you know you know get a piece of paper or anything like that. But you you do need to take a class and learn what the laws are. Don't let someone talk you out of coming to class. Either come to me on the front end or you'll come to me on the back end. You'll be court ordered if you don't come. <laughs> there have been plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wait. Till, I like to tell you after the fact. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Really that's appreciate what, it, Mike. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I wait till after they're finished, and I say, "Oh, by the way." Oh, know. by the way, yeah, this guy and we get accidentally discharged a firearm. That's why he's here. Oh, I forgot to tell you, buddy. And it's funny because every class, there's always some really big story that someone has. It's just like, ooh, that makes you cringe. This past weekend, yesterday, we had someone in class who. How can I say this? Okay, without telling too many details. Mm-hmm. All right, so I had someone come to class, and there was a particular shooting. Oh, screw it. There was a particular shooting in our parking lot. Remember the uh, there were the guys that were fighting that were coming out of the bar, and they end up mm-hmm. in a little argument in the, in the parking lot. That happened a couple of years ago. That was one of them. And the guy that ended up in a guy ended up shooting another guy and killing him in front of the gun store. Mm-hmm. And we caught that on our security camera footage. Well, his daughter, you know, came to class and couldn't finish the class. You know, we're going, you know, I go through all my stuff. I talk about all the, you know, we go through all the different videos. We talk about different shootings and stuff like that. And the videos I was showing, it just, it, it triggered her and she just couldn't finish class. You know, that happens, you know, I'm not going to change my program because I think what we cover and what we talk about is very important, you know, because those are things you're going to experience. You have to pull, pick up a gun and use it. You know, you're going to have to experience that. And the only thing we're doing in class is just talking about what you're going to experience. And you have to live through that. And if you can't make it through the class, then maybe a gun's not for you. You know, I, I just like to keep it real. And so, unfortunately, you know, she couldn't come to, cl- you know, couldn't finish the course. I, I felt bad for her, um, but you know, it's what it is. You know, I like our program. I like, you know, how we present the information. I like the videos that I show, um, and I think that, you know, it's it gives a person in the real world sense of what you to expect. You know, what's you know what could happen. You know. Um, how should you handle road rage? How should you handle dealing with a, a neighbor that you're having an argument, disagreement, a fight with? Um, all those things. Because road rage is just insane in Texas, all over the country right now. Road rage is really bad. It's actually increased dramatically since 2020, where someone gets upset with someone and it starts this, you know, fighting, going back and forth down the road as you're driving. And that's got to stop. It has got to stop. Uh, because you know, once you you pull a gun out, you do something, you can't come back from that. Once you take someone's life, there's no coming back from taking a life. It's gone, and you have to live with those consequences. You have to live with it in your heart, and live with it in your mind, and live with it legally. So you can't come back from that. What do you guys think? Um, you know, to what you just said, it's interesting that you mentioned that a lot of these road rage incidences started spiking during COVID. And uh, 
fun fact, people actually use, lose um, over a standard deviation's worth of IQ points when they are under extreme amounts of financial stress. And, you know, we printed 80% of the country's money supply in a two-year period. You know, we had um, almost hyperinflation. We had 9% inflation year over year at one point. Um, eggs are like $9 right now. Um, people are worried about losing their jobs because you might get an impending recession due to, you know, the Fed tightening as a result of trying to fight the mess that they deliberately created. And so, like, when people are are, are worried about whether or not they're going to be able to pay their bills, feed their families. When people have had their businesses shut down, um, when people feel like they're losing money in their 401k that they, you know, worked super hard for, for, you know, their entire lives. And all of this is happening. Um, and then you're being bombarded with all these um, messages in the media that, you know, you're a bad person if you, like, love America and, you, and you're complaining about any of the stuff that's happening. Um yeah, that can that that creates an angry population, Michael. Yeah, and, and then it, that anger, that anger when you don't have a um solid network of people that you can actually talk things through with, um, and you're spending insane amounts of time on social media. Like people have gotten full blown addicted to social media just from having been home during COVID, mm. right? Especially if you were one of those people that actually followed the science, you know, um. You because lost a lot of science. um <laughs> you, you're you're like I'm trying to figure out how to say this but like your socio-emotional like development and progression to be a complete human being got completely thwarted um as a result of everything that a lot of people did vol voluntarily through their own compliance and so you know it's leading to a lot of anger like I see a lot more fights downtown when I'm pedicabbing. I drive a pedicab downtown in Austin. You see a lot more of that. Um, you see, um, I mean, it's still fun, and I have great reaction um, relationships with the people I normally give rides to, but you're definitely seeing a little bit more hostility from customers when you try to sell rides to them than when you have just two years ago. And I think that, you know, when you're in a, when you're, when we're in a bad spot economically um, and we're being constantly gaslit by the people that put us in these bad spots, this is um this is what this is what the outcome winds up yielding and it's something that we could easily fix if we just had better better leadership or if we just had a more educated population that knew how to function without relying on those people as legitimate authority figures mm. yeah and you mentioned a fact earlier and you kind of just went right past it but i think it's a fact that a lot of people uh, don't realize you said that 80% of all the money in existence has been printed in the last two years. Yeah. So two years ago, there was only 20% of the current today's U.S. money supply. Mm. So they have uh, increased, what would that be, fivefold the mm. amount of printed dollars in the yeah. last two years. And how many people were smart enough in the beginning of COVID to just start hodling Bitcoin or buying up a bunch of investable assets? They weren't. Most people were not doing that. You know, most people were um, spending their money um, in mid 2021 on dog coins and ass tokens. And now they're even broker than before having lost everything. <laughs> mm. Mm. And look at this, uh, this shooting that happened in Houston, um, you know, with people I mean, going along with what you're saying. You know, the one person was shot for injured uh, happened in Houston, Texas, over a little nightclub. 
over 50 shots were fired. 50 shots in a parking lot uh, of a, a club, a bar in Harris County, according to the sheriff there. Uh, and so this happened right around 2 a.m., always at 2 a.m. Nothing happens at 2 o'clock, after 2 o'clock. I'm telling you right now, that's why I'm always in bed at 2. <laughs> I'm telling you, one person died. Police were still trying to determine the extent of the injuries sustained by the four victims. Um, two men and three women were believed to have been shot, according to the Travis County, uh, the Houston County Sheriff. It looks like over 50 shots were fired, which is a very scary situation considering there's mobile food trucks and the number of patrons that were outside at the time when this all took place. So this in a crazy scene, once again, over anger, you know, man, it's just tempers are flaring. People are having heart attacks and dropping. Yeah, from climate change. Is that, is, that, is that what it is? It's from racism, I thought. Yeah, it's both. Oh, it's from racism? That's what Transphobia. People are dying suddenly. Having yeah. heart at 18. This is Michael Cargill. You listen to Kevin talking. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Man, you know, gun safety. Gun safety, gun safety, gun safety. Do not point a gun at anything you don't want to kill or destroy. This here, this story is out of Austin, Texas. Homicide investigation. Um, out of Austin, Texas. Gun safety, gun safety. Don't point a gun at anything you don't want to kill or destroy. Keep your finger off the trigger unless you're on target ready to fire. Don't play with guns. They're not toys. Uh, they are tools, and you have to respect those tools, just like any other tool, you know, um, like motorcycles. Man, I, I always be, be careful. It's like, man, motorcycles. Once I get to the point, I got to the point where I didn't respect the motorcycle, I left it alone, <laughs> you know, because yeah, I And if say, you don't respect the motorcycle, then... It will get you. <sighs> yeah. And so, just like anything, if you don't respect it, it will get you. So, here we are Tuesday, January the 10th at approximately 7.43 p.m., the Austin Police Department officers responded to a shooting at a 2000 block of Willow Creek Drive. Officers found that Eric House unresponsive with a gunshot wound inside a residence. He was taken to a hospital where he later died. The Texas believed that House was shot by Aiden Gullery, a known acquaintance. His friend was handling a firearm recklessly and actually shot his friend and killed him inside the apartment. Sad. This happens all the time. You got to respect firearms. Don't blame guns. Don't come after my guns. I don't hear anyone in someone's family talk about guns are bad because this kid, this guy is an idiot playing with the gun in the first place. Whether there's alcohol or drugs involved, I do not know. But if you don't respect firearms, they'll get you. You don't play with guns. You don't point a gun at anything you don't want to kill or destroy. And so don't blame the gun. Blame the idiot, Aiden. He's our idiot of the week. 21 years old and his life is done at 21. Just let that soak in. <sighs> and I tell you, what you guys want to talk about? Because we got a few minutes left and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I want to talk about the uh, latest thing Alex has, uh, has done. Go ahead. You went to uh, like a rep's office? 
Oh yeah, I, I did. Yes. What did you do? <laughs> Tell well, us about that. Okay. So, what state rep? Uh, his name was Charlie Guerin. Okay, don't know him. Okay, go ahead. Well, um, Charlie Guerin is a um a rhino, <laughs> and if if you don't know what a rhino means, it's a uh, Republican in name only. Okay. Um. So basically, here's here's um the backstory. So I um was at the state capitol Tuesday and Wednesday, kind of trying to get acquainted and you know broaden my broaden my horizons to get a better understanding of what's going on here, because I think everybody should if they have the ability and the resources too, right? And so what they had was um, they had a vote on who the Speaker of the House was, right? And they also had votes on what the rules were going to be, okay? And one of the um, – a big reason why Texas has a – Texas has, as you know, has a supermajority of Republicans controlling the entire legislature. But it's kind of funny that nothing really gets done to actually – um, preserve or cement or solidify any of the basic freedoms and liberties that um, Republicans claim to campaign on or that come with just living in the United States. And I saw firsthand why. And one reason, one of many reasons, is the fact that um, your Republican speakers will appoint Democrats to chair important committees. And so if you try to make like a law, right? So let's just say hypothetically, um, I don't want my five-year-old kid taking puberty blockers, right? And we're gonna make a and we should make a lot of ban like puberty blockers for children. Or I don't want to be forced to get um to have to get a vaccine in a vaccine that doesn't even really work very well. Um, to be able to keep my job or to be able to go into a restaurant and whatnot to not have to use a, a passport. Um, if you have like a Depending on who the committee chair is, the person who's chairing the committee can just kill that bill off of whatever procedure they deem necessary before the representatives have a chance to even vote on it. And what's happening is um, our Republican speaker, Dade Phelan, has a patented history of appointing um, Democrats just like that. And I hate being partisan, but this is just what it is right now. You know, this is what the Democratic Party's become. They're, they're the party of lockdowns, the, the party of mandates, or the party of stifling the internet. They're the party of sexualizing your kids. It's unfortunate, like, that's where they are at this moment. Um, but I digress, okay? Um, you know, a, a Democrat chair could very easily just kill that bill for whatever reason. And our Republican speaker will has, made a, has had a patented history of appointing Democrats to chair legislative committees. And one of the Republican uh, Party of Texas is the RPT's platforms. One of, the, one of their eight platforms was to ban Democrat chairs. And a lot of legislators and lawmakers claim that that's what they wanted to do. And so um, there was a representative named Brian Slayton, who's awesome, and he kept um, putting out amendments to um, try to ban Democrat chairs, right? And this guy, Charlie Guerin, kept issuing point of order after point of order after point of order. And it wasn't just the Democrat chairs. Like, he had an amendment that saying that all um, chairs had to, had to actively denounce Marxism and communism, you know, and just stuff stuff along those lines. Um, and this guy, Garen, who claims to be a Republican, was killing, was just walking up. And he's like 75 years old. And it was it was painful for him to walk, too. You could see it, you know? Um, and he was just walking up to the floor, just killing the bill every time. Every time he was just there killing the bill, killing the bill, killing the bill. Actively fighting for them damn Democrats. Well, actively fighting to make it so they, you know, to make it so that, you know, we uh, actively fighting to help 
Texas fulfill Klaus Schwab's vision of what he wants the United States to be, for lack of a better phrase. Okay. So anyway, um, I decided that the next day I was going to go into Garen's office and show my appreciation. Right. So I go into his office. I'm sorry if I'm like going on a rant, but I like to try to get the details, you know? So um, I go into his office and I was like, hi, Charlie. I just wanted to say thank you for really um, thwarting the MAGA agenda, you know, um, and blocking the amendment to allow Dem chairs. And so he comes up to me. He's like, oh, well, you know, it was a poorly written bill and, you know, this and that. And I said, well, listen, Charlie, that's not the point. The point is that. You know, um, I have a trans kid and, and my five-year-old son is in the process of transitioning. <laughs> um, and and we know you haven't fathered any children. Uh, yeah, that I know of. <laughs> but, okay, just no, check. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> no, so anyway, I go into his office. And I say, well, you know, I, my, uh, my five-year-old is transgender and... Uh, you know, my, my son, Carl, I, I knew my, my son, Carl, was trans because he was, he was at a tea party with his with his cousins. And he was having such a good time at his cousin's tea party that we start we transitioned him on the spot. And these MAGA Republicans, they're trying to stop my son from transitioning into the beautiful daughter that he is. And, and by you standing up to these MAGA hat wearing QAnons um, and making it so that we can actually have good Democrats chairing the, the these these committees like. My son is able to actually become the beautiful daughter that I know that she is, and I can't wait to, to change my son Carl's name to Carla. And I just really wanted to say thank you for the work you did, and we need more good Republicans like you and Dade Phelan. So thank you very much. And then I just shook his hand and walked away and got it on film. And what is that was his what was his reaction? I, I well, he just was actually trying to. He was actually engaging. I don't know if he knew that he was being messed with or not. <laughs> he didn't know you were joking. <laughs> I, I don't think he had a clue. Oh, he was just like he was just he's a boomer. You know, he's they, they need age limits for these representatives, right? <laughs> term limits. They, they need term limits. You need age limits. Like, you need age limits for sure. <laughs> uh, like if you're going to be dead soon, you shouldn't be making legislation wow. for the future of humanity. If you're going to be dead in the next 10 to 15 years, what it doesn't does it make any sense. You? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. You know, uh. Stop being be mean to the se our seniors. What well, let's not to be mean. They're, no, Michael. And then Michael, they're being mean life. to us by by actively mocking um, their own constituents. Okay. You know, they're being mean to us by not um, by not fighting harder to keep our businesses open. They're being mean to us by not protecting our medical autonomy. When you had Joe Biden um, trying to literally treat you like a second class citizen for not getting a shot made by Pfizer or Moderna. So they're being mean to us by not doing their job. Like when you're a politician, you're a public servant. If you're not doing that, what you're doing is a dereliction of duty and a dereliction of responsibility is mean inherently. Okay. What do you think? He's 100% right. <laughs> no disagreement there. You got to take down the tyrants. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how about Let's save uh, you? Yeah. How about what? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say. <laughs> oh, sh share with the class. Come on. Don't keep it to yourself. Just put it in what context. What do you think, Michael? I don't think anything. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah. I, I mean, you kind of do, though. Is it gun-related? Then I got something to say. Any Anything that um, enables for an overextension of government bureaucracy is, um, by proxy, going to eventually be gun-related. And it will eventually affect you. That's right. Yeah, you're right. 
Well, look, we got a super majority of Republicans. Democrats shouldn't be chairing committees at all. At least this year, considering how they've acted the past three years, it's like you got to put your five-year-old in timeout, bro. That's what it is. Hundred percent. If if we're, I think if you want, you know, we're trying to get certain legislations through. I think that's why they're willing to work with, you know, putting some Democrats in 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 charge of some of the committees um, to show some some sort of cohesion a little bit, not trying to pounce on them year after year after year. No, I, I mean, how are you going to have cohesion with people that? call you a domestic terrorist because you didn't want to wear a mask during COVID. Like there's no cohesion with those people. Like you can't have cohesion with digital Nazis with, with 21st century Nazis, Michael, as always more guns <laughs> equals less crime. You go out there, you buy yourself a gun. You listen, come and talk it with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 